Hello and welcome to the final episode of Rhubarb. Uh, I'm joined now with Mr. Jonathan Carley. Hello. Yes, bad news, everybody. It's time yes. for the podcast to end. Which is appropriate <laughs> enough because we are talking about... Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Yeah. What, what better way to end the podcast? But um, we, we've come out of so... hiding for Star Wars. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. And when we say end the podcast, we mean uh, th- there's a little asterisk there. That says uh, subject to availability. May return. Yeah, may return. No- nothing depending on future Star Wars films. Nothing concrete. So we're basically just lowering your expectations of because it's probably An annual Star Wars podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, because it's no doubt it's not escaped anyone that we haven't been very regular. But that's mainly down to the fact that we've rarely been in the same country and time zone for a lot of the year. Real life has just caught up with us. So we're dump- jumping into fantasy with Star Wars. So here we go. Here's your early Christmas present. So uh, just heads up. Um, we're going to go straight into spoilers. We're not going to mess around like we normally do. Yeah. Uh, you know, the film's been out for a, a week, a couple of weeks now, yeah. a week. It's so, with Star you know, Wars. If you're really desperate to see it, you've probably seen yeah, it. Yeah, and with Star Wars, it's a thorny issue with what you class as a spoiler or not. If we told you Luke was yeah. in it, then some of you may say, oh no, spoilers! So, stuff it. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to know, don't well, listen. Uh, there's your spoiler warning yeah. that Luke is in it. Yeah. Um, so, if you don't want the spoilers for Star Wars The Last Jedi, turn off now, otherwise we're going to get stuck in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so generally, Johnny, quick one. So what do you think? Did you like it? Did you not like it? I liked it. And I liked it a heck of a lot more than I thought I would. Because it went kind of completely against the grain of The Force Awakens. Like it acknowledged the um, criticisms, the widely held criticisms that many people, including myself, had, that it was mainly derivative. But it took its place now as the beginning of a story, not the beginning of the retelling of a story. So yeah. Last Jedi carries on in that vein. It forges its own path, which was a, which I was hugely pleased about. And overall, I liked it. I had It wasn't perfect. I had some nitpicks, but that didn't detract from my overall enjoyment. My main concern is for the future, but it may pull that back. How about you? Yeah, uh, yeah I'm... I mean, I was kind of hoping one of us would hate it because this so, seems, film seems to be really dividing people. Yeah. But I really liked it as well. Um, there were some things that happened in it where I was thinking, I was a bit unsure about it when I, mm. when I watched it and I just kind of let it you know, wash over me mm. and just, just accepted it. Yeah. And there were mo- yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. There were moments when you think, yeah. hmm, yeah, I know where this is going, but then it completely goes the other way. Which was oh, yeah, like that happened like three or four times. Oh, I mean, now we're into spoilers. So I mean, are you thinking we're sort of getting rid of Leia, uh, like well, killing off? Well, well, Leia's an interesting one because yeah, we obviously we knew Carrie Fisher is sadly no longer with us, and it was unclear how much of the film she had com- completed. So was it going to be a case of she had finished it and her entire role would be left intact, or would they have to? write in or rather write her out at a certain point and maybe ditch scenes that they had filmed later because it was only partially completed stuff. 
And yeah, there was the moment very early on in the first act. And I thought, if they're going to get rid of Leia, they're going to do it early on and yeah. turn it into a surprise moment. And I thought, yep, that's it. And I was getting really emotional. I thought that was it. That is the end of Leia because the way it was done, especially practically yeah. with the effects, I thought they could have done this digitally, just like this is where they cut the camera and they're just going to take that frame and shove it out that window and tie it into the rest of the plot. And then I got even more emotional because it wasn't the end. She she had her moment and she came back and it was like, whoa, you yeah. played with my emotions movie on a, label that, on a level that I was not comfortable with, but also very comfortable with because I was not expecting that. What, what was going through your mind when, uh, first of all, uh, we're, we're talking about the moment where Kylo Ren, or rather not Kylo Ren, but his two sort of sidekicks in the TIE Fighters. Yeah, it, it makes you think it's going to be... Yeah, it makes yeah. you think it's going to be Han Part 2. Kylo Ren's going to prove himself by killing off his mother. Um, but then yeah. it very carefully treads that line. He pulls back at the last minute, and then his flanking yeah. TIE Fighters blow up the bridge of the, uh, of the rebel ship. Taking out Akbar, yeah. a moment of silence for Akbar. He's gone now. Who is also the voice actor for Akbar? Also, sadly, died shortly after Force Awakens. So, oh, really? Yeah. So I was oh, kind of kind of maybe should have had a bit more of a farewell then. Yeah, the, he had only one. Could have had a line. He had one line. He had one line that I'm not sure was like archive recording or an imp- impressionist, because Akbar is a character that you could potentially carry on with by recasting the voice, but they did the respectable thing and cut him out but yeah it was easy to miss uh unfortunately but yeah, I I missed it. yeah. S- significant loss there so it wasn't just a complete yeah. cop out so so anyway what what was going through your head when leia is floating out into space and then she starts flying back to the ship honestly i was blinking back tears in all honesty really yeah i was like thinking down, this is it. She's officially gone. Carrie Fisher Leia what, is officially what you gone. It's like so I can't probably can't repeat it on recording because it's just like, oh my in God. They're doing it. They're doing it. And I'm glad that they gave her that moment of um so that moment of realizing her potential at that moment of crisis. It's like I think yeah, she earned yeah. it. Well, that that was what the director said. He wanted it to be like the, you know, uh, the force finally kicking in. You know, when it's a life and death yeah. situation. At a moment of crisis, it was. If it was going to happen, yeah. it kicked in now. And I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh well, Princess Leia has never shown any like force abilities before." Yes, she has. She's done it twice before. At the end of the Jedi, end of Return of the Jedi, she said, "Nope, Luke got off the Death Star. I can feel it," and. Um, at the end of Force Awakens, when Han died, there was that cut back to yeah. her at the Rebel base, and she felt that too. So it's always been yeah. there, and this was the moment, because she had a job to do. Yeah, it comes off as a bit convenient, but oh, she had to see this through to the end. Yeah. I mean, what was what was going through my head was, I mean, I was thinking, is this even real? Is this, this it felt like almost a dream sequence? Yeah, it was a or... surreal moment, yeah. Yeah, super surreal. And then when she like actually got back to the ship and all the other characters are reacting to her, and I was like, oh my God, it must be real. 
Then I was just like, okay, why not? We've not seen this before, but you know, maybe it could happen. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe it happens in that universe. Why not? Absolutely, we're still writing the rule book. It isn't set in stone, so yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, totally. th- think about all the other like. Um, I don't mean wannabe Jedi, but people with force powers out there that maybe haven't necessarily been indulged. You know, surely it kicks in at some point. It's like the Harry Potter situation. You know, it's um, <laughs> it makes magic happen without realizing it because of yeah. an intense, intense emotional um, like situation. So yeah, I have no problems with it at all. I think it really uh, enriched the movie for me, and I, I thought at this point, yeah, this. There are going to be some more surprises here. We're not necessarily going to play it safe. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, next kind of topic I want to talk about is Snoke. Mm-hmm. And not just what happens to Snoke. Another divisive issue. Yeah, it's but, but also, I, I just want to say like how, how much I really liked his character. Uh, and in The Force Awakens, I was really worried that... Emperor Mark II awful yeah emperor mark ii but also some awful cgi uh character and obviously was cgi but i thought they, they've improved his appearance i know we only saw him I, kind of a hologram last time but his facial appearance i thought was incredible i think it was a I combination was so- of effects i think the most part it was practical effects because i remember the, there was being a news article and though they, they said oh snoke is going to be an eight foot puppet and i thought uh really and then I had flashbacks to. Do you remember the London 2012 Olympics, the opening ceremony, and they had uh, a Harry Potter segment and had a great big puppet of Voldemort. It was a huge puppet of Voldemort fulfilling the stadium. <laughs> I thought, yeah, this is what we're probably going to end up with, and it's not going to look good. But anyway, it may be a combination of effects, and obviously the the, the uh, motion capture with Andy Serkis, um, but the whole thing blended really well. Yeah, so the ex- I thought, yeah, it was brilliant. The execution and realizing of Snoke was really impressively done. Um, but as for Snoke yeah. himself, I was, I was so creeped out by him. His, his appearance, I, I wanted more of him. So I was actually a little bit good when he got killed. But I was also, again, pleasantly surprised because the expectation and the theories were that yeah. Snoke was going to be the you know uh, Palpatine, the big bad, and, and it was just yeah, exactly. And I'm so glad they avoided that. So glad. Yeah, I I didn't feel quite right that he he went in this uh you know in this film. Mm. I thought I think that it opens up a lot of interesting questions for the next film. Sorry, there, go on. There are a lot of unanswered questions regarding Snoke. Basically, is who he is, what his rise to power was, and whatever. But at the end of the day, he's a means to an end. Like, yeah, he's this big figurehead, but finding out how and why he got there. Is that particularly going to add anything to the story? And is Snoke in that role as the big figurehead all that interesting? Because it's the story oh. here is really more Kylo Ren's succession and proving himself. I mean, the only thing that, that would be potentially interesting is how Snoke contacted Kylo and uh, sort of got him interested in the dark side. Mm. Other than that, I, we, we I could really still have, have answers there. Best. We could still get answers for that, and Snoke yeah. doesn't necessarily need to be Absolutely. around for that. So it's not... I don't think we've heard the last of him, but I think he has served his purpose as a presence, really, in the film. So I th- I was... Yeah, I was glad to have that moment of him being cut out of the situation and the way he was cut out of the situation, because, yeah, it subverted the expectation. 
Um, mm-hmm. And really, what more could he add to the story going forwards? Not a lot, <laughs> if we're being honest, because he was really just a voice. He, he's kind of passed on everything he needs or everything that Kylo Ren wants to learn from him. Um, and aside from that, he's just going to be sat in a chair the whole time. Do we really want a, a two whole movies of that? Well, three whole movies, really. I I don't. Um, I don't find that particularly interesting. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with what happened mm. with Snoke. He got, got sliced up good. And uh, the way they did it was great. Mm. You know, with uh, Kylo sort of faking it out and and all the way through you know adam driver was brilliant I oh was yeah totally guessing trying to guess what was going on in his head you know whether he was sort of uh giving in to the light side a little bit and adam driver uh, really came into his own in this film yeah, because yeah. What and all the people that gave him crap in the force awakens can all just eat their words mm. because he, what he, what has happened here is he's crafted a very complex character in uh, a film where it could have been very flat. It could have been very two-dimensional. And Force Awakens sets him up as almost this Vader wannabe. But no, there's much more to him than that. And I really like that we're peeling away those layers and dipping back into that backstory, which is so important. And it's another way that this 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 film really surprised me in that it did it didn't just coast on that whole vague le- legacy, you know. Anakin Skywalker is now a, the, the realization of Anakin Skywalker rather is a long and distant nightmare. <laughs> so it's it's really great to see him becoming his own person uh, and finding his own person because I don't think he's even really sure who he is or who he wants to be. No, that's what's so fascinating. I. Just how this film is so open-ended, because it it, it felt almost like the end uh, of a trilogy. Yeah. Well, that's what I kind of love about it. Because what's going to happen? It. What is going to happen it, next? Film? It did a huge amount. And to me, it feels like two films in one. And one of my greatest. It's kind of like a double-edged sword in that I'm really optimistic for the future, but I'm also really apprehensive for the future because I really do not know where we can go from here which is a comforting and terrifying thought in equal measure. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. Especially with the backlash and criticism from the from a vocal minority, I'm concerned that we're going to end up with a knee-jerk reaction and they're going to be satiated for the sake for the sake of just giving the film a good rep. We're going to end up with yeah. another death star situation. And ultimately yeah, that's that's how with, with JJ coming, with JJ Abrams coming back as well, doesn't help me. I would have wanted another person to take on the next chapter, because Disney have fu- they fired um, I forget who it was who was going to take Clone over. Trevor. Yeah, they fired Clone Trevor. Oh my, that was maybe the greatest news I've ever had about Star Wars. Mm. You know, never mind any new directors getting rid of Colin Trevor. Thank God. But it's a double-edged sword again Jurassic because World. we're getting Jurassic World. Well, yeah, awful. we could we could have ended up with something worse. But JJ, I kind of feel like it's like the safe option. Which I don't know. It's it could yeah, it could go either you. way. It could go either way. Um, so 
I just hope that they keep yeah, forging yeah. an original path rather than saying, okay, let's do the traditional Star Wars ending. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want like an army of porgs taking down the Empire. That uh, The First Order, rather. I think, I think he's, is he going to write the new one? Pro- he, probably. He wrote Force Awakens. I think, think? I'm, not, I'm not sure. Well, um, I'm to look Ryan Johnson wrote and directed Last Jedi. So I think it's a given that it's a write a, a co-writing and directing um, process with with the uh, current trilogy. Um, so I think it may be JJ Overdrive. Maybe. Um, I mean, I really like JJ, but like you said, it could be the safe option. Uh, but we'll see on that. See on that. Let's not talk too much about that because that's just all. Speculation. Pure speculation. Um, ooh, what are things that sort of stood out for me? Um, well, what about um, Luke and Ray? That's a big, uh, a big chunk of the film. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I mean, it makes me kind of sad that we won't see any more of Mark Hamill. Yeah. Unless it's a kind of force ghost he, flashback. I think he will almost certainly come back as a force ghost. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done it. I I, I totally agree. He's, Man, I'm, I'm so good about that. I, this was one of my bigger con, uh, criticisms of the film in that uh, both... I, I don't know why he died, basically. <laughs> like... Yeah, we got. He was yeah. a, he, he was a projection, but what actually finished him off? That was a bit I, I vague for me. The, he was finally uh, sort of at peace with it, with everything. I, Maybe um, but I don't get why, because there's no dialogue in that ending scene. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what brings him round to that way of thinking. And well, it's similar to the Obi Wan thing, except that. Uh, for some reason, Luke didn't need to be actually physically sort of struck down like Obi Wan was, uh, and sort of just yeah, it, just disappears. It's more of like a Yoda death in that he just kind of goes to sleep and fades yeah. away. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's going to continue having a presence, but I think I don't know. Maybe it's very um, materialistic of me, but him just not having a physical presence upsets me. I would have been more. I'd be more satisfied if he made a physical, if if he made if he made that leap himself to go back into the fray and take um, a direct role in what was going on, and then have that moment because his release kind of feels like a reward when he kind of he kind of half asses it because he's like, okay, I want to be part of it, but I don't want to leave my island, and <laughs> that for me is. It doesn't quite work, but maybe we'll again. He he's got the benefit of having a life after death, so maybe we'll get some clarification of that. But the other thing is, yeah. with Carrie Fisher no longer around, we've no longer really got our core group of characters. It's that's, like that's fine. That's fine with me. Well, but... I'm, I'm thinking more towards the future in that they, it was always said that the final part would be Leia's film. And well, 
Has anyone said that officially, though? That just seems to be how everyone feels. It, it I'm sure I've seen it somewhere that the plan was um, Force Awakens would be Han's film, um, Last Jedi would be Luke's film, and Leia's film would be the last one. Although, I mean, I could to, believe, I to could be, believe it. To be fair, she had a fair slice of the action in Last Jedi, more so than Force Awakens. She was yeah. present in Force Awakens, but she really came into her yeah. own here. So it kind of feels I mean, like... Look, look. Let's be honest, she's probably the weakest character. Um, but then there's more to build on. Those three. Looking at optimistically, well, there's yeah, more to build yeah, exactly. on now. There's more they could do. And I think they've done a lot but, with with very little, um, in a very little space of time. Um, so it's just, yeah. we won't see the end of that journey, maybe. Um, I don't know. I think they've, they've got footage hidden away, you know. And I, I think they'll have footage to sort of wrap things up. Or, you know, maybe if they did an off-screen death, I wouldn't even mind that, you know. Because I think there's going to be a time jump between uh, this film and the next film. Yeah, that, that, It'll be maybe five, ten years on or something like that. There's, there's got to be, because for one thing, they haven't even started filming yet. So just practically, there's going to be a gap. Um, oh. I, I, I don't mind how long that gap is, so long as they tell a good story at the end of it. So, yeah, there will be a jump. Um, I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't mean in terms of actual release. I meant in in, in that universe. Oh yeah, I think it will. I, I think it'll be factored in, factored in with that story because Ray's really got to find what her role is. Kylo Ren has probably got to take up his new mantle. And I think there'll be a real change in dynamic in the final piece in the final um, installment. Um, yeah. And it's very interesting. But can I just say? Um, now I'm kind of feeling this hadn't crossed my mind before, but now I'm kind of feeling that we need a Luke Skywalker standalone. Don't with say Mark it. Hamill. Don't say it. I need it. I just need it. No, I need it. I need more, more Mark. I think I more of the ham. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, he he will come back anyway. But I think there is scope for maybe maybe a prequel or spin off. Pre Force Awakens, perhaps, yeah, where we yeah, can get yeah, those answers about get those answers about Snoke, get the yes. journey of the Knights of Ren, which we haven't heard heard about since. And yeah, what's think they're going to be back in the next film? Maybe, maybe I that's what maybe that's what Kylo is going to go and do. He's going to build up his his army of knights and take his uh, um, take the head role of of that, perhaps. Um, but the that was it. That was what I was going to say. The other thing that doesn't quite sit well with me is that Luke being gone at this stage feels like a premature end to the Skywalker story, which this trilogy technically is. It's still the Skywalker saga. So Luke yeah. and Leia, technically, no longer being around, does feel like a premature end. I would have felt that Luke's disappearance at the climax or during the next film would have felt like more of a closing chapter. Well, one of the things that the, the first thing that came to our mind at when this film ended was that I have no idea how the next film's going to go. Mm-hmm. And is one film really enough to tell the end of, of this, this saga? Yeah. I think they need two films. I think, yeah, yeah I really because do. they're either going to have to, they either don't have enough to work with and it's going to be very simplified or they're going to have to introduce a load of new stuff and then get rid of it straight away, which may, which may make it feel like a separate film in itself and not a continuation. 
So it's... I just think if I think if they actually wrap it up next film, it's going to feel very rushed. Hmm. One think... way, one way or another, unless they do like the episode ten. Is it episode ten? No, episode nine, part one, and episode nine, part two. Could they do that? Maybe. That, I mean, that would that really work? screw up the numbering. I mean, but aside from that, it, I just it, call it nine and ten. <laughs> Just call it nine and ten. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's we we we're, again. We're going into speculation corner here, so it's not yeah. really fair to to. That's just kind of what, what I would hope for. Mm. Uh, but you know, I don't know. We don't know the story of the next film. It could be when we find the the plot out that it sounds perfect. But we'll see. Um, yeah, in <laughs> speculation. Um, Oops. Uh, what else? What else we got? We got Porgs. We got Yoda being a puppet. We've yeah. Got... How did you feel about Yoda? Um, you know what? I was a bit unsure about him, but then I started thinking about what he was actually like in the original trilogy, and I thought it was pretty similar. You know, in terms of the kind of character and sort of silliness to him. Yeah, uh, he's got he's got his sort of uh, Elder Yoda senility back. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than trying to be profound yeah. with every single sentence, but for me, the puppet didn't work. The puppet was like, <laughs> I, work. like I, I like what they were going for, but to me, the yeah. what it actually resulted was something that was worse than the Phantom Menace. I mean, you say that, but you you should probably go look at the Phantom Menace Yoda again. I um, don't mind but, the puppet in the Phantom Menace. It doesn't look like him, but at least it has some animation in it. <laughs> Well, you know, it's kind of important that it looks like it. <laughs> it, it was like, um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I don't mind Yoda's inclusion at all. And when I saw it in the cinema, there was one guy in the front row who absolutely lost his, you know what? Like he was screaming. Well, when Yoda appeared. Yeah, when, when Yoda appeared. Actual scream. <laughs> Actual scream, laughter, and applause, which kind of marred the experience because it was really distracting because this guy would not calm down. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to pay hilarious. attention to the movie, but there's this guy just like hooping and hollering and just losing his goddamn mind. I don't know if he was drunk or what, but it's like trying to concentrate on what's going on. Is this guy going to go mental on us or, or should I concentrate on the movie? You know, you're trying to concentrate on two things at once. So I kind of missed that scene a bit. Um, I mean, it being a, like you were saying, being a puppet is cool, but mm-hmm. we could do it with CGI and it would be absolutely fine. Um, it did, did feel quite restricted, though. You're right. You know, there wasn't a lot of movement. Didn't maybe, need to be a lot, but also... Maybe they could have done a well, blend of like CGI and puppetry, but hey, I don't mind. Yeah. Look, I'm, I don't mind Yoda appearing. I think he actually served a purpose. And for Luke, think, yeah, like, it was great. For Luke, it was like it was a fan service. No, no, this was the final lesson for Luke. You know, from an yeah. older, wiser Jedi, from someone who was there when the Jedi were arguably at their worst. They weren't always a force for good. They were kind of a yeah. disaster. Um, did did we get that? This sorry, this reminded me. Did we get the third lesson from Luke to Ray? Because he says there's three lessons. We definitely got two. Um, did, we, did we get a third one? I don't think we did. No, but then the, there's the weird thing there because Luke says, "No, I'm not going to teach you anymore." Next day, he's teaching Ray again. Yeah, yeah. It's like, stop it, Luke! Stop it! Walk I, away. <laughs> Force is like. 
Force is like Force teaching Jedi is like the crack you can't give up. It's like leave it, Luke. Stop All digging. That milk he's drinking <laughs> that green milk. What is in that green milk? <laughs> yeah, that was a weird scene. Um, yeah, it was that, just kind of silly. That is etched on my brain forever. It's like <laughs> some messed up Star Wars milking like, erotica. It's not right. It's. <laughs> Some some person had to sculpt that creature with working nipples for Mark Hamill to then go and tug on and then drink this green milk, which then raised the question, how exactly do you milk a bantha? It raises the question, where does blue milk come from? It's bantha milk. Blue milk is bantha milk. Oh, oh sorry. I guess yeah. I'll get you now. So it's like, do you have to pick out oh. the hair or what? <laughs> That is that is even more worrying. Good God! Right. Bantha, and what do you find out if it's not a girl bantha? If it's not if it's not a girl man, bantha, you're you're screwed when you try and milk it. Just saying. Uh, I can't. I didn't know that was that was bantha milk. You know what really blew my mind when I first discovered it in um, Empire. Leia calls Han a scruffy looking nerf herder. I thought it, he was. She was calling him a scruffy-looking nerve herter, but saying it with like an American accent. Only a couple of years ago, I found out that nerfs were a creature, and nerf herders were like the shepherds of nerfs. <laughs> My entire world was shook when I discovered that. Oh, oh dear! Oh, dear. The things you discover about Star Wars—they've that just had wrong this entire time. Wow. Oh, of milk, once you pick well, the hairs out, it's actually really nutritious. Is that a, is that a family guy? Uh, it's Monster Zinc, oh. the abominable snowman. He's he's giving them the axe milk. If you got oh. that, good on you. But if you didn't, I'm sorry. That, that was quite niche. That was quite niche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Coincidentally uh, enough, John Ratzenberger was in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, just dropping that in there. Um, but anyway, uh, what about uh, are we, uh, is there anything left to say on Luke? What about Luke and uh, Kylo? The story behind that? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Well, the... it made sense. It was satisfying. And also just going back to what you were saying about how Luke changed his mind and he's not teaching Ray, and then he was teaching Ray. I could forgive it because there was always a little sort of little something slotted in the middle where he sort of There's that mid-ground. Yeah, the temptation, I suppose. There was a little moment with Ray where she kind of redeemed herself, and you could feel like if Luke was watching that, then he would change his mind about teaching her. If you wanted to be cheesy, or well, I say cheesy, this is Disney we're talking about, I guess it comes down to hope. If Ray is like the next hope, and Luke is saying, if we're going to redeem this whole sorry situation, we need, quote unquote, a new hope. He Mm -hmm. can't be that, so maybe it has to be Ray. And yeah, 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 yeah. You know, nothing is cut and dried in this, which is, I think, something a lot of people are missing because the whole point of Star Wars is about shades of grey. There are good sides and bad sides to everything. If you go all of one way or all of another, um, that's the whole Sith aspect. So mm. Luke, we, we hear the two extremes of the story, the two sides of the story from Luke and Kylo about what happened that night. Uh, when Luke crept into the hut and was going to execute him, basically. But it turns out the truth was something in between. It was just a misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah, 
there was a moment of doubt. Um, People saying about Luke's like, oh, why would he think it was a good idea to kill Kylo Ren? Because he's a Jedi and Jedis don't think that way. Luke is only just a Jedi. He forged his own path and no one has said, yep, that is the right one. You got it right, Luke. You passed all your exams. You're a qualified Jedi. No, he he's there's always that element of doubt and there's light and shade to everything. There's always the temptation, which was there. It's like you're faced with, oh, could we have another Vader or worse? How do you deal with that in that situation? Do you go the direct route or do you pull out at the last minute? Phrasing, (laughs) which is what happens at the end of Return of the Jedi. He's about to kill Darth Vader and then he doesn't because that's not the right thing to do. Yeah. But too well, bad, Kylo. It, it, yeah, it absolutely makes it. sense. Absolutely makes sense to us, at least. And it comes down to the fact that on the receiving end, Kylo Ren is waked up and he's woken up and seen Luke like about to execute him. What are you going to do in that situation? It's like, hmm. yeah. So you can understand both sides of it, and that's what this whole mess comes down to. You know, it just comes down to a simple misunderstanding and it's had huge galactic consequences so there you go that's my two cents possibly the most underappreciated character of this film was um the salt guy when you when we first get on the salt planet and you see the red stuff as people start walking on it and i'm like what on earth is that is it blood is it like is it is it are we on snow here like what is that under the snow um and then, and then just that one guy that goes, mm, it's salt. I was like, thank you, thank you. You know who line. was? You know who the guy who stood next to him? It was Gareth yes. Edwards. Yes, it was. I was like, I missed it, but I, I read it after. How did they get him back? And why didn't they give him a fine? I don't know. Um, so I don't know if too distracting. But thank you, thank you for that line of just like. I just wonder if they had uh, screenings, preview screenings, where everyone was just confused as hell. And they had to add that in afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it, it's nice that there's just like a little simple reasoning for that because clearly it was done because aesthetically it looks really impressive having this white planet yeah. and that those red streaks coming up it. It's like, but what is it? That was fantastic. What is it though? I you don't know. That. But they said no, it's salt, and the actual rock is red. Fine, easy as that, yeah. and just builds up that world just a little bit more. Yeah, because it's probably like yeah. some dried up um, seabed. Probably way back when. Yeah, not thought about that. Yeah, that probably makes sense. Yeah. So, just a little, little, little thought there. Um, <laughs> what, what about? Oh, oh another oh. one. Go, sorry, go on, go on. You go. Are you still on the same topic? No, no. no? I just oh. remembered something else. I was going to say about Ray. Yes, this is what I was going to say. Oh, good. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> We're on the same track. That's good. Um, yeah, how did you feel Ray was handled here? Oh, that she wasn't uh, related to anyone. Well, there was no relation. Not, not just that, but with everything. Let's talk about the relation thing oh. first. Uh, okay, that, I love that. Thank you. I, I almost, I've never been close to saying anything in the cinema out loud. I was almost like, no, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. When we were getting that build up to <laughs> okay. uh, uh, it being revealed that actually her parents were nobodies. Yeah, going on. If if we're to believe, just what Kylo Ren says, just just to clarify, what did you think it was going to be? Ah, uh, I was just praying. 
I, I thought the way that the film was going, which was very clever, sort of faking it, is there was a clear connection between Kylo and Rey. Oh, so like maybe they were brother and sister and Han and Leia. Oh, oh yeah. Or who, who would have thought? Luke is your father or Yoda's your father really? or Obi-Wan's your father. You can have a whole series of Jeremy Kyle out of this. You're not the father. Thank you. And to be perfectly honest, when it was raised in Force Awakens, I was like, I don't care. I don't care who her parents are because it doesn't matter. And if if they turn out to be a pre-existing character like Lando or something, then that just serves to make the universe so much smaller. Yeah, just yeah, let yeah, them yeah. be nobodies and of course there is still the potential that they could backtrack on this and they say oh Kylo Ren was lying to try and break her oh, I hope so that they cool. don't do that because this is the most satisfying way the fact that she was sold, pawned off for gambling money is just so tragically poetic That, and I think it's, it carries a stronger message as well that anybody can be something Oh, you don't have to come from a whole family of Jedi to be a Jedi. You can be, like I said, nobody. You can just be an orphaned person sold into slavery on some backwater planet, and you can still be like the figurehead and savior of you know, the rebellion or the resistance or whatever. So out of all the things they could have done, this was by far the most satisfying. And I'm just, I just hope it sticks. I hope it stands. And... Just for, for the character of Ray as well, it just makes so much sense because um, when Kylo says, you've known it all along, they were no one. And that is sort of the yeah. doubt and the um, the thing that she never wanted to admit to herself. It was It's the death of her hope that she would find her parents, they would be significant, and everything would be better. It's like the Oliver Twist um, thing that, the, that the, it turns out your actual parents are aristocrats in the with a business in London, etc. no. That's not what this is about. So mm-hmm. there you go. That's my soapbox on that. Yeah. But no, um, no, loved it, loved it. Thank you, thank you, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Open letter. Thank you, Ryan Johnson. Uh, <laughs> what about in the rest of the film? Um, I don't know. Don't really have any kind of thoughts. I mean, I like, I like Ray. I like Ray, and I like Daisy Ridley. Um, now, her performance, I, I think, her performance, I think, has definitely developed from the last film, which is which is good, which is positive. But she doesn't get to perform too much of an active role in events, which I think is a bit of a shame. Like she goes on her self discovery yeah. journey, but most of the development comes from her interactions with Kylo rather than Luke, uh, yeah. and she spends most of the time just playing with sticks on um, the uh, Jedi Island, Acto. Um, I still don't feel like we really know her. Uh, I agree with you, which is also an, another reason why, perhaps why it also feels that we need another well, I don't, film, not just... I don't think she knows herself, which I think is kind of what that's, this is getting. Yeah, that's true. So I think going to Luke, she's been seeking an answer, seeking herself. It's like, make me the Jedi I should always have been. And she hasn't quite, quite reached that stage yet. I think now, having learned what she's learned kind of, she will go into the fray as an active participant and find her journey that way, similar to how Luke did. Um, but most of it was just her playing with sticks. And then to be honest, she didn't really have an end towards the end of the film. She was in the millennium Falcon cockpit and then she moved some rocks and that's it. 
<laughs> so I kind of forgot. I think he's just been reunited again. Uh, you know, it's all about getting the characters split up, isn't it? And yeah, and reunited at the end of it. And that we had in uh... what I th- what I thought was really um, a nice little detail that they acknowledged was the fact that Poe and Ray had never met up to this point. Yeah. So just having that introduction at the end was weird. Although it probably would have made more sense to have it. No, it wouldn't. I was going to say at the beginning of the next film, but it depends on how much time has passed. So it's just a nice little detail that re- they remembered that these characters don't all know each other yet. So it's kind of a forming of this uh, whole band of heroes um, that we're only yeah. just getting quite late in the day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so something... Uh, I mean, we saw, we've talked quite highly about it, but uh, let's start, we're going to start sort of wrapping up, but... Any sort of like closing thoughts, criticisms, things that you really loved, really hated uh, well, before we... Here's one thing in hindsight. Um, the actual plot of the film is quite linear in that it's more or less a big chase across the universe. The First, first Order are chasing the Resistance until they run out of fuel. So I am really impressed how this film took such a simple premise of just they're chasing them and made it so interesting and engaging because it was a simple plot, but the incident level and the, the framework from which to develop the characters was ideal. Um, so that could have really have been something completely different. That could have been so bland and boring. Like we're just, we're just waiting for them to run out of fuel. So... <laughs> It'll happen anytime now. The, the little lights on the dashboard, it'll it'll happen anytime anytime now. It'll choke. It's like, how many miles to the gallon do they get on these ships? But you kind of feel the increasing desperation, which I think you could have easily have lost. You feel the increasing desperation as they're picked off one by one, and by the end of it, there isn't much left on either side. So um well. yeah. There's probably still a lot of uh, uh, for the first order knocking around. Yeah, and similarly that they call out to the rebellion who don't answer on the uh, resistance yeah. side. They're probably going to. That's why there's probably going to be a gap for them to both lick their wounds and rebuild their forces. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Just a weird position to say. I don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know. I quite like it. Yeah, I like with Force Awakens. We kind of knew everything that was going to happen. Mm. And it's yeah, it sets up things were going to happen. Yeah, so yeah, it's exciting. And I guess maybe the next film will be more pleasing in that. I think a lot of people are cross with Last Jedi for poo-pooing a lot of theories that were widely um, widely spread online, etc. So now that you haven't really got much to base theories on you've got a kind of blank canvas from which to continue this journey. So, um, absolutely. Um, couple of things I, uh, didn't like as much, uh, the humor in a couple of places. Yes. Yes. Sit with me in the first, first opening line. the first scene. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you said this. It was was wrong on two levels. Because it was so in your face. And it was like, it's one of the things that got me about The Force Awakens in that it took a lot of stuff and then treated it with flippancy. 
But this was like turned up to a whole nother level with like, okay, call for Hux, I'll hold. It's like, firstly, that is not how you want to introduce this film. And secondly, how do they even know what a telephone is? <laughs> that just threw me out of that. But the, the fact that, you know, the joke could have been funny, but the way it was done just wasn't funny. It was dragged out um, far too long. It should have been just a snappy, call for Hux, ah, I'll hold and then leave. But it, well, it didn't go anywhere even. And it was just dragged out yeah, far like too like long. A couple of seconds. Yeah, uh, it, it was just a complete missed time. But thank God that that didn't but, carry on all the way through. Yes. Well, there were still there were still jokes throughout, but they were definitely uh, they, were, they were more subtle. They were there, for them, but yeah, and they they fitted in. They weren't like oh joke time now, because yeah. like with Marvel movies, they've been heading in a much more comedic direction which, as we've discussed privately, is uh, something that's hacked me off because it undercuts everything. It undercuts all the drama and tension, or a lot of the drama and tension, I should say. There's a place for it, but it shouldn't be in every scene. Um, But yeah, Uh, Last Jedi was... That's that's another topic. Also, did you notice the uh, swearing? We got two words. Yeah. First time we've had swearing in a Star Wars film. Really? Because what Finn. Can you, can you well, we got a we got a no, bloody. Bloody, got, I don't think that counts. And we got a B. Begins with B, ending ends in starred. Yeah, because okay. uh, when Finn's being executed, it's like what do they call? Uh, they keep calling them snakes for some reason. It's like oh, we can't keep calling them snakes. Let's step it up a bit, and then then Finn drops the B bomb. I was like, whoa, that's not allowed. That's not allowed. Star Wars. Rinse your mouth out, Finn. Rinse your mouth out. Naughty boy. <laughs> oh, that, so that, was, that was very unexpected. Do what you want, Star Wars. Um, pogs. Quite like the Pogs. Um, yeah, the, the, the Pogs kind yeah. of only really existed to give Chewie something to shout at and eat. <laughs> Oh, when he was eating that pork, that was just hilarious. They got such a big reaction in in our cinema. Yeah. Um, they 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 had their place. They had their place, which is fine. And I I like yeah, the little bit of them wonderful. them nesting in the Falcon in the insulation. I thought that was quite. I funny. like that. Uh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> not not so funny as when Mom got stuck to the windscreen in the Falcon. Uh, when it yeah, that didn't hit that joke at all. It was no, really it doesn't. It doesn't make sense because. Um, the no one else, nothing else moves in the Falcon. It's just that thing sticks to the window, to the side of the window, not to the back of the cockpit or the front of the cockpit. And it was just a really bad puppet. <laughs> it was like someone had got like one of those pork stuffed toys and just squished it up against the glass. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll, I'll let you have it, movie. But, um, but overall, I them. And, yeah. Uh, well, I can't remember if I told you this when we briefly spoke about it, but. In the director's commentary for Force Awakens, uh, JJ talks about when they went to the island where Luke and Ray were, and the first day that they got there, it was filled with puffins. Mm. So yeah, they were the inspiration, weren't they? they used to sort of mask out some puffins and uh, kind of maybe give a bit of explanation on that. They were definitely inspired by puffins. There's a little bit of similarity in the appearance. Yeah, perhaps it was because if there was like, it probably wasn't because there was puffins particularly in the front of shot, just like stealing the scene. It was probably like things flying around. Yeah, flying around. Yeah. It's like, oh, what's that flying up there? Oh, I'll just say it's Porgs. 
because they're too far to yeah. like tell the difference. Um, yeah. So they, they were fun as well, you know. Let's not all be like, oh, Disney just put them in to make money. Uh, yeah, God, just don't I'm buy sure, a pork then. I'm sure that's part of it, but at the same time, yeah, you're right. You don't have to buy I them. Know, to make. Like you, you say that, but like, what? Where's all this Rogue One merchandise? You know, apart from all the usual. Uh, well, figures which made for every film. You know, there's nothing in Road One that was like. Well, there's not much for it because everybody's TV. dead. Everybody's dead, Max. They can't <laughs> <laughs> unless they bring out a range of tombstones. There's not really much they can do. <laughs> you know what I mean. Though. Here there's lies no Jim Erso and Cassian Andor. <laughs> Found crystallized and cremated, hugging on the beach of uh, of uh, Scarif. Here lies Peter Cushing's face. Well, uh, on that cheerful note, let's uh, let's wrap up. Um, okay. Thank you to everyone who's been listening. Um, you know, we really appreciate it, and we know we know there are a couple of you out there. Whether you made it this far in this episode, yeah, I don't know, the, the loyal few. We've we've had a pleasure. Uh, we we hope we've entertained you, given you a few laughs. But uh, one thing to bear in mind is if you have enjoyed us that much and you have any fa- uh, memorable episodes or moments, we will be taking off the SoundCloud Unlimited. So if there's any particular favorite episodes, download them now um, because we'll <laughs> leave them up for a couple of weeks and then they'll probably vaporize. And I think you only get um, two hours of stuff. So, yeah. Just a, just a friendly warning. <laughs> if you just want to live, right. relive the good old days like most Star Wars fans. <laughs> Segway! Oh, swish! All right, thanks for listening. Um, thanks a lot, guys. We may see you at some point in the future. Yeah, yeah. For the Han Solo film. See you then. <laughs> <laughs> so in two months' time... <laughs> but in the meantime if you want to tell us how much you're missing us you can find us on facebook and twitter at at maxwood and at jonathan underscore carly and at rhubarb film podcast although today no one has tweeted us so far so you may you'd pick an odd time you'd pick an odd time to start now (laughs) right thanks very much everyone thanks guys so long Mm -hmm.